This is Vision Sunday. Let me just share with you where I am. I've, I've, uh, I, I just knew that um, what I needed from the Lord for our church family as we head into this next year was just one word. And when I realized that and, and understanding that and just knowing between God and myself, Lord, what's, what, where do you want us to be? As we go through this year, what's the one word? And I got to tell you, I, 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 did, I listened to a lot of guys that I value. I, I took my legal pad and I, and I just began my list and, and word after word. And so many of them were great. And over the course of the last couple of months, God just really kept taking me back to one word. And I just knew. I, I couldn't get away from it. And, and no matter what direction I felt like I wanted to go, the Lord just kept clearly taking me back to this one word. And that word is faithful. In terms of this next year, what is God asking from us, from our church family, from our individual lives. He's asking us to be faithful. And throughout the course of this year, we're going to go through different subjects. We're going to go through different series. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a series on relationships right after Football Sunday. We're going to launch that. But every topic that we go through, every series that we go through, is going to help us in areas in our lives to be faithful. And I just want to open that up with you this morning. I, I really want to take a look at what does that mean? What, what, is, what is it we want to look at to really understand that? And when I thought about faithful, you know what I notice all through Scripture? God takes ordinary people. He did it all through the Old Testament. He did it all through the New Testament. He takes ordinary people, often ordinary people with problems and issues, and uses them and does extraordinary things. He does it over and over and over again. He never takes these big successful people. Sometimes he, he does it, but it's the same process and the same problems. He takes people with issues and problems, and, and, and in what he does through their lives, he does big things. When I started thinking about who do I want to look at if we're going to look at this word faithful, so many in Scripture became faithful. There's one guy that I want to look at, and that's Daniel. Daniel and his friends lived almost their life in, in captivity. Daniel served as God's man, God's man under, under four different kings, and all of them were in captivity. But he served the kings anyway. And one of the things that we see about Daniel is Daniel was always faithful to his God. And the passage I want to look at, Daniel actually gets, he gets some information from God that concerns him probably more than anything else. They're, they, see, they're living their lives in bondage. And, and Daniel and, and, and God's people, are they're just expecting God to free them from bondage. And, and Daniel gets this information that he is just not 
comfortable with. And in chapter 10, that's kind of the background for what this is. And Daniel actually comes to God and does what Daniel does over and over again. Daniel prays. Daniel had a, had a history of spending time with God in different times of the day. Every single day, he would spend time with his God. And God grew closer to Daniel in his relationship because of this. And in this passage of Scripture, Daniel actually fasted for 21 days. You and I struggle fasting a day. If we go a day without eating, we're ready to, we're ready to take the world on and raid in and out. We, there's, we can't go past a day. Daniel fasted for 21 days. Interestingly enough, Daniel not only fasted from food, he fasted from bathing. That meant his fast was not only tough on him, it was tough on everybody around him. <laughs> Daniel fasted for 21 days. Let me pick it up right there. This is Daniel writing, okay? After his 21-day fast, this is what happens. I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Daniel spent time with God, and God shows up. Interestingly enough, as I read this passage of Scripture, it sounds exactly the way John describes his vision of God, his vision of Jesus, in chapter 19 of Revelation. It sounds exactly like this. Jesus shows up. There are places in the New Testament that Jesus actually shows up. And, and you and I are thinking, well, wait a minute. Jesus isn't born until the New Testament. And we read about him in the four Gospels. But the reality is Jesus shows up at different points in the Old Testament. We call those a Christophany. You can write that down. I didn't put it in your notes, but you can write that on the side of your notes. Matter of fact, you, you can act like you know something. And, and, and when, when this subject ever comes up, you can say, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a Christophany. And everybody will think that you really know what you're talking about. This, this, see, and we're thinking, well, wait a minute. He came as a baby in the new. See, God was there before the foundation of the world. The Trinity is who God is, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And John, in his gospel, when John begins his gospel to tell us who Jesus is, John says in the very beginning of his gospel, he says, in the beginning, the Word was God and the Word was with God. He's talking about Jesus. And then he goes on to say, and the Word became flesh. See, God has always been. The Trinity has always, God has always been there before even the beginning of time. 
Back into Daniel's story in verse 7, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing. I, I, this, is a, this is a killer vision, you've got to admit. They did not see a thing, but they were suddenly terrified, he says, and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. And then he goes on, he says, my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Daniel saw this vision from God. Sometimes God reveals things to just one person. He does this even with you and I. Sometimes you'll be reading a passage of Scripture, and something will just become so clear to you. It could even be a passage of Scripture that you've read over and over again. It could, it could be John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, 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 and in that passage of Scripture, or in any passage of Scripture, something just becomes so clear to you. God, through his Holy Spirit, is taking his word, and he's revealing it to you. On an individual level, just something. You could turn to your wife and, and you could read that passage of scripture and you say, Isn't that amazing? And they'll look at you like you're a unicorn or something. <laughs> but but he, he does this. And you and I can expect that in our lives as we go through his word and he, and he reveals something to us. He goes on and he says, I heard a man speak and I heard the sound of his voice. I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. The strongest man in the world would struggle if he came near the power of God. I believe with all my heart that, that some of us in the course of this next year are going to hear clearly from God. I believe that God is going to make something clear to you. You've been praying for an answer. He's, he's, he's good. This year, he's going to make it clear to you. He's going to reveal something for you that you've been waiting on. Some of us will, some of us will have a clearer perspective of his grace. His unmerited favor. Some of, us will, some of us will feel his forgiveness in a way maybe we've never felt it before. Some of us may be going through a difficult time and, and you will feel his comfort and the comfort of his Holy Spirit like you have never felt it before. I know that God is at work in the heart and the life of our church. See, when you became saved, when you accepted Christ as your Savior, you, you, you moved, you changed, you were living in the natural world only, but now you are not only living in the natural world, but you're also living in the supernatural world because God himself is at work in your life. Jesus turned to his disciples when he left. He said, it's good for you that I leave. Because when I leave, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, my very nature, who I am, who I, who, who, who I am in, to the core of me. I'm, I'm actually going to send that and that he's going to live inside of you. 
you moved to the realm of the supernatural. It's a big deal. Let me stop right here and talk about vision. In the mid-1960s, Leroy Owen and his wife got clear vision from God. Get a group of people together and start a church. And they came out here to the West Valley to this piece of property. I don't even know how many acres they had. I know it was less than three, or it was three or less. I don't know if they bought it all at one time or if they bought it in pieces, but, but it, it was three acres, and, and they built a building. And you know what was out here? Nothing. Camelback Road was a gravel road. I wasn't here. I hear about it, and I see pictures. 7-Eleven, uh-uh. Nothing. Cotton fields. That's what I'm told. But there was a vision. And they began this church family. And from that time to now, so many people have come to know Christ. Many of them have left this planet and are now in heaven with their Savior. Many of them. God gives vision. The Bible says without vision, the people perish. I'm here to tell you, our church is alive. And it is alive and doing the things that God has called us to do. And 20 years ago, Karen and I just a phone call from my cousin John, and, and we came out here. Had, I had no idea what God was going to do in the future. Matter of fact, if he'd have told me then, I might not have come. Because I would not have been able to wrap my brain around what he was going to do. But 20 years ago, we came. 20 years ago, it was probably about three acres and Two buildings, maybe three. <laughs> and now we're, we're blessed. We have 10 acres, we have eight buildings, we have sports fields. And, and, and everything that God is doing throughout the week on Sundays here, everything that he's doing in the life of our church family, age-appropriate ministry happening everywhere on our campus on Sundays, God is working in the hearts of, and, and lives of people. He's doing what he desires to do. This isn't my church, and it isn't your church. It is my church and your church, but it's his church. He said, I will build my, I'm not building this. He said, I will build my church, and he is building his church Aside from what goes on here, one of the things that we do as, as a church family is we sponsor and we support Heart for the City. Heart for the City is right here in Glendale. We, we, we are reaching out to the two most difficult zip codes in the state of Arizona. And what we're doing is we're actually taking 63 or 4 kids who would be in a difficult high school. We're placing them in Phoenix Christian High School, and they have a Christian education and changing the dynamics of their lives. And not only that, through Heart for the City, over 300 kids every week go through a sports program in public schools, and we share Christ with those sports teams. We are doing that through Heart for the City.
you'll probably get a text or an email from, from us because one of the things that happens uh, last year with Heart for the City is Toyota gave us a car to raffle off, and we, and we raffled it off and raised a lot of money for Heart for the City. Now, I don't talk about raffles much in church because some of us struggle with that and think it's gambling, and that's, if that's your conviction, that's fine with me. But Toyota gave us a car, so we're going to raffle it off. And we're going to do that. And we did it last year. going to do it again this year. You, we'll just let you know about it. You can make your own decision. About 350 tickets were sold last year. So you know more about Vegas than I do, so you can figure your own odds out and see how that's going to work for you. But me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a check to Heart for the City because I believe in it and I care about it. And I know what we're doing. I'm actually on the board at Heart for the City. And we are raising funds so that we can do that over and over and over again. Not only Heart for the City, but we've embraced Streetlight USA. Girls who were in sex trafficking and desired a life out of that. Streetlight is providing that. And we've embraced that as a church family. Not only Streetlight, but Hope Cottage is up in Flagstaff, and in Hope Cottage, you have moms who have been abused, girls who have been abused, and their children. We have a place and a shelter for them so they can move forward in their life with Christ. Global renewal is, an, is something else that we support through global renewal. This was launched by Jesse Owens years ago. Jesse's been a lifetime friend of mine. Through global renewal, we're helping people go through um, uh, through addiction recovery, through global renew renewal, we're, we're starting churches in Africa and in Europe. Not only global renewal, but we, we're, we, we, through the ark, are launching churches here in the United States. Our goal through the ark is to launch a thousand churches. We are over 800 already. The things that we are committed to and doing is a big deal. We have missionaries in Africa, and we have missionaries in the Philippines taking the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of this is through relationships that we have and people that we know. We're not supporting and involved with people that we don't know because it's important that we are good stewards of the finances that God provides to us, the money that I give and the money that you give. It's important. We have Camelback Academy right here on our own campus. We have 560 or 70 kids every day plowing through here, enjoying an education far beyond what I believe they get in the public school sector outside of our walls. In 2020, what we're going to do as a church is we're going to be faithful. We're going to continue to meet in life groups. As a matter of fact, it's our desire to actually launch more life groups this year. You can host a life group in your home, or you can facilitate a life group in someone else's home. We're going to figure out ways, and our team is working on this. How can we more effectively reach our community? In other words, how can we more effectively let the community around us know what God is doing on this campus? what he's doing in our lives. How, how can we effectively do that? 
We do our dollar share club that takes us out into the community in different areas, and, and we're going to continue to do that. We've got a team that's actually looking at and working on how can we, through social media, let the, let the community around us know that God is changing people's lives right here. Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to be faithful in doing that. You're going to see the cafe change just a little bit. You're going to see the cafe move, and it's going to move in the direction of having an area where every one of us, when it comes to our next step, our next step will be clearer and easier to understand. And we'll have someone out there who, who will, will be there after every service, ready to, to answer some questions or to take you, help you to clearly see what God's next step is for you is, because your life and my life is a series of steps. It's a series of steps taking us from where we found Christ to what he wants us to be. It doesn't get better than that. And that's the very process that we're looking at happening. Not only that, our student ministries, we're going to continue to be faithful with our students honor them, to teach them, to build them up, to embrace them, to encourage them. And Jordan not only is going to be heading that up, but he's also going to be taking the next age group above high school and challenging them and begin to bring them together for four events throughout the year. Just nice, comfortable events. Celebrate Recovery is going to be here on Friday nights. And it's going to be taking people through, ladies through their group and men's through their group, in recovery, in recovery into the place that God actually frees them from bondage. Children's ministry is just going to continue to be faithful. We're going to tweak and improve some things. This summer, there'll be some changing and, and adjusting, just making it a little better. We, in every way, our church family, are going to focus, just focus on being faithful. We're not going to build any new buildings. Now, if God dumps a ton of money in, we're going to get a building that we're going to do earlier than, than this year, but that, our plan is not to do that this year. We're not going to do a fundraising drive to raise a certain amount of money. We're going to be faithful. Because what God is asking us, I believe, our church family, is to be faithful this year. So we're going to pursue and focus on being faithful. And we are going to trust him for the results. We're going to do what he's asking us to do. And we're going to sit back and smile and watch what he does. Because he is able to do exceedingly abundant Abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine, Paul says to us. So we're going to leave that in his hands, and we're going to trust him with that. We're going to be faithful. We're still going to proceed. Our, our church board is looking at what's next for our church. We're, we're thinking about some things that we're going to be doing next and, and, and project. We're, we're not going to slow down on that. We're, we're going to look forward, but we're going to focus on being faithful. Let's jump back to Daniel's story for a minute. 
because as I look at Daniel's story, there are three things that, 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 that pop out to me. See, which I, I just told you the what. I told you what we're going to do. We're going to be faithful, and we're going to be faithful in those areas and those things. But when I talk about the what, I think we need to stop and remember why. Why are we doing the what? Daniel's story, I believe, gives it to us so clearly. I could have gone to any number of places, but Daniel's story just kept reaching out to me. And so, so what's the application? for? I don't want to just read Daniel's story. I want to understand what the application of Daniel's story is to our church and to our individual lives. And if you're taking notes, and you should be this morning, the first thing that you're going to recognize is God cares about you more than you do. You might slip back and say, James, I don't, I don't know about that. I care about me a whole lot. And you may think that, that those selfies and the perching of your lips is so important. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he's talking about here. Look what he says. He says, just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very Precious to God. I want you to underline those couple of words. Very precious to God. You are very precious to God. You matter to God more than I'm sure you understand. You are very precious to God. And then he says, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Do you know why I want you to listen to me, God says? is because you are very precious to me. Some of you, that's all you needed to hear this morning. That you are very precious to God. I have a lot of acquaintances. I have a lot of people I know. I cross paths all week long with people. But my wife is precious to me. My kids are precious to me. Don't even get me started on grandkids. <laughs> precious. And Jesus says, you are precious to me. You don't see yourself that way. You're precious to God. Ronnie, you're precious to God. Jeannie's going, I don't know. <laughs> Precious. He loves you. He cares for you. you. You don't see yourself this way. You are valuable to him. It's a big deal. A father's love for his children might just give you a little bit of perspective. God cares about you more than you do. And God is doing more than you understand. The second point is God is doing more than you understand. He's doing much, much more. And I know some of you need to hear that. Look, look in verse 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Listen to this. Since the first day you began to pray, 
since the first day, Daniel, that you brought this problem to me, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I've got the answer for you, he says. Since the first day you begin to pray. Some of you have been praying for something, and you've been praying a long time, and you are convinced that God doesn't even hear you. You're thinking, why, why, why bother? God doesn't care. If God were going to do something, he would have done it a long time ago. And that's what we think. And some of us, we, we, have, we, have, a, we have a problem, and, and we take it to him, and we, and we pray about it, and we take it to God, and then, and then, then we just forget about it. We forget about that being something that we were asking him about. And we just kind of walk away and never pray about it again. Or, or we've been praying and praying and praying, and we're thinking he's not listening. And then we think, well, maybe it's not his will. See, Daniel just continued to pray. He continued and he came. He didn't see a thing. He saw nothing happen, but he continued. And just because he didn't see anything happening did not mean that God wasn't doing anything. God said, Daniel... I heard the first time. God hears your prayers. It's not like he misses things. He doesn't miss things. He's God. There's nothing he doesn't know. He knows what you're going to pray before you even pray. Since the first day, he says, you began to pray. He's doing things behind the scenes. He's doing things you can't see. He's doing things you probably would not even understand. Why? Because he cares about you. Third thing that I notice in Daniel's story is God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. We think of this as a New Testament principle because Paul says, he says, in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. But the reality is it's all through the scripture, old and new, because God is greater than your problem. God is greater than where you are. Let me continue with Daniel's story. Daniel says, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly even breathe, he says. And then in verse 18, the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. He says, don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. You and I need to walk out of here with a clear understanding that we are precious to God. And his word says to us, be encouraged, be strong. And when we embrace our weakness, and in other words, when we simply recognize who we are, and who God is. We experience his strength. You might say, well, James, I've, I've prayed. I don't, I don't have any more faith. Matter of fact, I don't have any physical strength. I'm at the end of myself. You might be struggling in your finances. You might be struggling in your marriage. You might be struggling with your kids. But the reality is, in a moment, a touch from him, and your faith can be restored. My faith can be restored because we are precious to him. 
In March, we're going to be doing Financial Peace University. You can take your finances that are a disaster right now and take that course, and you can end up, as we slip into 2021, a year from now, and be in a totally different place. instead Instead of being frustrated and paying on your credit cards, you can actually be putting money into investment and growing it. If your marriage is struggling, you, you are precious to him. He can totally change your marriage. He can change your relationship. He desires to do this. And what we are going to do over the course of this next year is we are going to be faithful. Commitment from our church team. We are going to be faithful. When you and I realize that God cares about me more than I care about myself, that he cares about you more than you care about yourself. And the fact that is, he's doing things that we don't even understand. And when we recognize that in our weakness, he is strong. And that is how he operates. He's faithful. And as we, as we take this year and focus on being faithful in the areas of our lives, our, our only, as he is a faithful God, our only natural response to that is that we would be faithful. And as we do that over this next year, what does that mean to you? God will bring clearly to you the area or areas in your life that, that you can step from being unfaithful to faithful. What what does it mean to be faithful? Well, maybe you're in a marriage and you would say to me, well, James, I, I I only cheat once a month. That's not faithful. That's unfaithful. So what's it going to take for you to get into the into the arena of faithful in your marriage, in other relationship, in your finances, What's it going to take for you to be faithful in your job? Well, I'm only, I'm only late half the time. Hello? You're on the road to fired. What's it going to take for you to be faithful in serving God? Or here, even here at your church family at Camelback or in, in church attendance, in churches across America just like our church? The average attendance is 1.7 times a month. That's less than twice a month. Maybe you're only here twice a month. Maybe being more faithful for you is getting here three times a month. You can probably pull that off. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for me to be faithful? It's, It's interesting that For each of us, there are going to be different things that God brings into our thought process. But here's your commitment from this team here at Camelback, from our whole leadership team. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful in all the areas of ministry that we do here at Camelback. We're going to take this year, and we're just going to continue to do them, and we're going to try and make them even better. And in our outreaches, we're going to be faithful to all the people that we support. And in our individual lives, 
What is it God has for you? What area is it? Are you willing? And some of you already know, because you've already been convicted of an area just in the talk that we've already had. I'd like you to stand with me this morning. I want to pray with you. I want our team. I want us to do another song together. But as we go into 2020, we're already in it. I'm still doing my push-up. I'm not giving up on it. There have been two days that I actually, just before I went to bed, I got down and did one push-up because I did not want to miss a day. And I'm doing better than one. And physically, we, Karen and I have a bike now, and, I, and I'm going to start doing this. this I don't, it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> but I'm going forward. I'm more than halfway in the book that I'm reading. It's one of the hardest books I've ever read in my life, and I almost gave up, but I'm going to finish it. I, I am go, my, our commitment to you, our church leadership commitment to you, is we are going to be faithful. And my challenge to you is, the area that God is convicting you, my challenge to you is you can do it. You can be faithful together. We can, God is asking our church family to be faithful. Together we can do it. And we can, we can land our plane in 2021 totally different people than we are right now. We're not horrible people, but we're going to be better people in 2021 and excited about what God is doing. Throughout the year, we're going to celebrate the things that God is. Let me stop talking and let's sing together. Let's, let's go ahead and enjoy worshiping him this morning.